Welcome to Intent, a series of conversations between a couple of friends where we share our experiences of wrestling with real life. My name's Jim Sutton and I'll be chatting with a good friend Steve Rouse. We're two of the pastors of Ballon Baptist Church and we're having some weekly conversations as a bit of an experiment. We haven't planned what we're going to talk about and you might be aware of this at points but in the midst of it all our intent is to focus on real life not just the bits we show off but what's going on under the surface and exploring what it might mean to try and follow Jesus through it all. This week there's talk of schisms, technology and getting waterlogged plus an insight into sleeping patterns as snack choices in 2021. I don't know about you, but it feels like at the moment um, that it's this this lockdown's been really hard. Like, as in not necessarily physically, um, although it has been for an awful lot of people. But there's a lot of people kind of saying, "I feel really bad, and I don't know why." Like, I don't, as in not not as in unwell, but as in I just don't feel great in myself. I feel like my head's not quite there, or I'm I'm not quite feeling it kind of like emotionally and whatever and for for whatever reason i think like this when this lockdown kind of kicked in that a whole bunch of people were like right we know what we're doing now it's kind of like although homeschool is really full-on and the adjustments to furlough aren't ideal that people are kind of like right we know what we're doing we've got our supermarket deliveries they're able to come but it feels like particularly in the last few weeks there's been an awful lot of people just going oh i i am really feeling this and not really feeling like there's a reason they can put their finger on other than kind of like winter and the darkness and the unknown time length of things going on and the fact that this has been going on for, for so long. But, you know, like, I think it seems a common thing at the moment. Is Are you picking up from where you are? Yeah, and I think I think I think as you say those things, I think in many ways you you nail the reasons, not, not one of them on their own, although for some people, you know, whatever they call it, the sort of sad syndrome at, that sort of around early January coming into this time of time of year is, is genuine for a lot of people. And I think that, that that's compounded for most of us by the fact you're spending a lot more time indoors. Days are short. It is dark this time of year. I think, cause Lisa and I were talking about this. I think, I think in many ways the kind of, I think this, I know it sounds a silly thing to say, but the seriousness of what's going on has really hit. I think going back, so this time last year, um, I was hearing this week, I think it was the number of deaths were something like eight or 40. I can't remember the exact number. They were very low, you know, and now um, most of us will have heard of somebody or known somebody that has died because of COVID and so on. And I think, I think the way it's reported, like I've heard a lot more talking about, a lot more people talking about you've got to monitor really carefully how much news you're taking in because um, again, people are susceptible to that. Aren't they? If you listen a lot to the news that's going on um, for a lot of people, I think it engenders a real fear in them. So I've noticed a lot more people wearing masks wherever they go, not just when they go into shops and so on. And um, a lot more cautious in that way. Mm. So, yeah, I, I, yeah, I think for a whole host of reasons. I mean, you think last March when we were really becoming aware of what was going on, we were heading into spring. 
And we happen to have an incredible kind of April, May weather-wise. So for those of us not in the direct front line of having to deal with it, you want out for a wander in the day and, you know, beautiful weather and so on. Um, you know, it's been, the weather's been pretty rubbish the last month or so, very wet. Apart from the snow, I mean, the, the snow's been all good. Well, pretty fun. did you make your snowman? Yes. I didn't make a snowman. I took a photograph of the of the smallest snowman I've ever seen, which was in t- Tooting uh, Tooting Common. Someone had built a little snowman on top of a one of those frames around the tree, and it was only it was literally about I reckon five or six inches tall. Ah, uh, but but perfectly formed. It was perfectly yeah, formed was with a snowman. top hat and scarf, carrot top hat, twigs as arms, ah, eyes, beautiful. the lot, everything. I mean, it probably says more about the amount of snow we had in London, yep. but it <laughs> <laughs> wasn't enough to make a full grown one. But yeah, anyway, yeah, it's, it's interesting. <laughs> I mean, although like the snow has had like a real effect on people in that um, I was chatting with someone the other day and they were saying how much they they loved the fact that they could just look out and see the snow that um that usually when it snows their their kind of approach was like oh this is going to mean that getting to work is much harder and i have to get up earlier and the roads are going to be mad and it's hard work but they were like well actually i don't have to go anywhere i get up i can look at the beautiful snow out the window i can go and have a little paddle in it if i want um but it's not suddenly like oh it's nice that it's snowing but i have to quash all of that because i just need to get on with my commute and i need to get on with my day and actually the snow being this kind of real uh, kind of bit of levity in the situation, you know, and um, it's, it's been really fun seeing I think it. Like, it's fun seeing it. Uh, yeah, that's a really good point because you can actually enjoy it. Whereas normally the thought is, oh my goodness, I've got to go out in that at some point when it all goes slushy or it all turns to ice or whatever. And generally at the moment, people, I guess, haven't had to do that. Um, yeah, I think for a lot of people, there's still something really magical about it, isn't there? Um, yeah. Well, I don't think you we, don't, we, we never you lose don't, it, you know, as, no. when it's, when it's an just, unknown, you know. I was just going to say, it's funny because my parents, um, you know, both in their sort of mid, late 70s now, were posting numerous pictures of walks in the snow because where they are up in Frinton on the coast, it's, it's, they've had a lot. Um, and the magic of it still there because for them, you know, snapping all sorts of pictures because of the way it makes the, uh, the coast look and so on. It's, yeah, it's fantastic. Mm. Really fantastic. Mm. But yeah, I think, I think you're right about like the kind of the, the badness of the weather. Like it's been so wet, you know, I was walking around Tooting Common and somebody up against their kind of back, um, kind of fence, they'd start putting sandbags and stuff because everything's getting so waterlogged. And I, I wonder if there's something for, I mean, as we talked about kind of the, how everything just kind of mounts up. Maybe we're all just feeling a little bit waterlogged, you know, all the stuff that kind of seeps in and kind of makes you feel heavy. I mean, I know for myself, like that comment you made about the news kind of, you've got to temper how much you take in because I, I, I can be a real news junkie, you know, and I used to be, you know, like it's kind of, it was, it was my little treat if I'd been a good boy and done some hard work, like for, I don't know, uh, five minutes, then I'd give myself the treat of going to look at the news online or whatever and see what's happened. Um, but I found like the more I did that, the worse I felt and kind of like it, I'd, I'd put quite a lot of time and energy into trying to like, like ration myself and make sure I wasn't looking at stuff all the time. Um, 
until actually probably like the this time well not quite this time last year but kind of as things kind of kicked off through march last year when as in the in the roles that we have well just as human beings you're looking at the news every day because every day something significant is changing and i don't think i've got out of that you know that i'd kind of i'd got myself to a more healthy point with news and taking on information but because of the nature of the way in which the news cycle had been changing and so much changing so quickly um you 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 had to because it was important to kind of find out what was going on and what changes you had to make and kind of what was um what was expected of you as a kind of moral citizen or whatever um and and therefore yeah i think you're right that it's kind of it's 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 very easy for that voice to rationalize taking in a lot of content because you're like yeah but i do need to know what's going on i do need to know for my safety or my family's safety or or whatever and yet like the news is almost never good news and it's kind of like what you fill your mind with is what's going to come out you know it's almost like what you it's it's like a plant you know whatever you water it with whatever you put on it is going to feed it whether good or bad if you put it in kind of toxic soil that's what's going to feed it it's not going to do it any good yeah and i think you, you know you saying about that you, you kind of think as well the news the 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 diet of news over this last year sometimes you'll go through seasons where the new obviously there's always stuff happening around the world but often for us living where we do it's a distant thing but a lot of the news that's been going on this last year feels really significant huge stuff that can affect us um yeah it makes me think of a couple of things i mean we you know whether it's whether it's about national leadership not just in our own country you know in the states or whatever and all that we've heard about that and what that all that that's kind of bubbled up in people that's led to kind of the the race issue cropping up in a big way again rightly so as we kind of i think we've been constantly made aware in those aspects you know that this is not how things were meant to be but it really it's really disturbing you know and for us in our country all the stuff around brexit and the concern that's destabilizing for people they get you know again depending on what their news source is Mm. um and what they listen to, it can, I think it can really unsettle people in all sorts of ways. And you think, and I think coupled with that, I mean, we've talked about this before, but, you know, I think about, and, and one of the greatest church history historian names uh, um, ever, uh, when I think of Phyllis Tickle, what Phyllis Tickle <laughs> says about, um, she's, she said, she said for a while now, you know, we, we are in one of these significant periods of history where, you know, they say every 500 years, and I don't think it's just the church, but she says every 500 years, the church has to have a, a jumble sale. It has to rethink its beliefs. It has to rethink um, its its practices and rethink who it is. And it's not just, I don't think it's just the church. I think we're at a particular point in history where people are grappling with what is the big story? What are our values? What are our beliefs? And so on. And I think, navigating through those kind of periods of history you know when you look back i don't i'm not a great historian at all but you think uh, she she mentions about the great reformation and 500 years ago and then the great schism and then you go back to other kind of significant events what what uh, what, what were they steve like oh man don't <laughs> i'm gonna ask you stuff now like, what, what, what was the schism oh I, I knew you'd say that and i wouldn't have a I I don't know the detail of it, and maybe maybe we need to look into it to be able to talk about it. But um, 
I don't know. Would, would that have been? Oh, no, that, it's not even worth it. That's to. like the Catholics and the Protestants and stuff. Yeah, that's what I imagine it is. That, yeah, not, that's exactly what I imagine We don't want to be loved by the Pope. He's not God. God is God. Let's just follow him yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. And and every now and then that, that bubbles up. You think within mm. within the wider church at the moment, when we, when we live in what they call sort of post-denominational times, um people are less precious about that stuff. I don't, I, I don't know what's behind that, but we are in a period of time, I think, where we're rethinking a lot of things. Mm. And, and I think, and there's a lot of change going on in terms of, I think, world powers are changing and so on. And with these broad brushstroke things going on, we may not realise it, but maybe if people, you know, listening into this, it's, these are, these are different landscapes to try and navigate they're new you know they're new and i think i think from our perspective from a church perspective we're in the midst of it and you're having to rethink as you navigate through it it's a bit like a what do they call somebody who's a is it a cartographer somebody who's mapping out the land or mapping out new territory oh, it so feels you, like that you, do you do, see that do you know stuff oh, check it out <laughs> cartographer i pitched for that <laughs> probably but yeah i think it's that i think you you're kind of trying to find your way in territory. And I think no matter what age group you find yourself in at the moment, I think if I was, if I was kind of a, a, t- a young teenager today trying to navigate the landscape um, that, that they find themselves in, I just, I look at it and think it must be horrendous. Um, it's the world of technology and so on and so forth and all the changing attitudes to sexuality and, and all these things that are going on. Um yeah, it's a it's a really challenging time to be alive. But at the same time, when you I think when you're going through these significant periods, it's it's as it often is. It's 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 the time of the entrepreneur. It's the time of the creative. It's the time of somebody who kind of helps us to understand it. So it's 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 an exciting time as well. Mm, mm. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I think there's that thing of like in times of transition, you have to look to the artists, kind of thing. That that's. That's kind of how they're going to guide us and lead us. Although you don't necessarily want an artist making a map, do you? You don't want a kind of, you want something to be accurate <laughs> so you know where you're going. Um, but then for, for you then, I mean, you mentioned like younger younger people and stuff. I mean, you're a man in your, oh, what, early 50s, but you don't look a day over 24. Like, <laughs> what what for you then, kind of in, in the roles that you have, you know, in, in life at the moment, where where do you see for yourself the kind of challenges and the things in a life that's lived almost entirely on Zoom where you, I think you said before, you kind of, you get up, you go into a different room in the house, you stay there all day and then you come out for 20 minutes, the end of it, go back to your bed in the other one and then you do it all again tomorrow. Like there's there's that side of things, but also the kind of stage of life and that kind of things. What, what do you find yourself wrestling with at the moment? That's a big question. Yeah, it's a big question. I think, uh, you know, on a very basic level for me, uh, and I've needed others to speak into me a couple of times, probably in the last year, you know, just for me, my routine has been, as you say, literally, <laughs> my, my my current workspace is I walk out the bedroom, turn the corner, and I'm in another of our bedrooms that's now one of our, you know, the study I work from, and I'm in there. Um, yesterday I was uh, teaching a session to... 64 different church leaders placed all over the country. I was on a call last night, uh, a little book club I've joined for four weeks, and we had people on the call from 
as far away as New Zealand taking part. It's bizarre, you know, you're <clears throat> you're in those kind of settings and it's that's that's really different. But as far as my my work challenge, um, you know, and I'm not gonna pretend it hasn't got to me at times. I think in the last couple of months, I've worked harder to try and establish a better routine. Um and I found that I found that really helpful. So for me, as somebody who enjoys to do a bit of exercise, just really pushing myself to be regular with that has been really important for my own sort of uh, sanity, I suppose. Um, Lisa and I just, and, Lisa, and I'm talking, you know, we, we didn't do this early on. We, our eating habits early days got really bad. And I think how, we've really tight. How many packets of what sits a day was it? Oh, I could, I could nail it. Well, in a good session, you know, I could nail a good four bags, if not even go to a fifth, if I was feeling, oh. um, <laughs> <laughs> which for me is bad. Um, but yeah, we've tried to curb that very much in the last, even in the lot sort of during January, really. Um, and both are talking about the kind of benefits of that, you know, feeling a little bit sharper and so on. Um, and I think as well, just an awareness of, even though a lot of it is on zoom, just trying to, take some time out with whether it's work colleagues or others just to um you know have conversations on zoom or whatever that just yeah just to that are not about work or whatever because i what i was finding for me i don't know if I, you know my work was drifting i was drifting um into you know i was staying up in that study until sort of 9 30 10 at night because i just felt like i was struggling to keep on top of stuff and because I could, you know, there was no break. There's no kind of leave the office, mm. jump on a tube and come home. It was just continuous. And that was impacting upon, I suppose it was impacting upon my mental health in terms of, um, I didn't like the fact that I was doing that. It was getting to Lisa. She did, you know, she's shouting up at five to 10 that it was time to come down. And I know for her that that was frustrating. So we've just tried to really, really push on that. Mm. Um, yeah, I think it's, it's almost like almost go, let's let's go back to the great schism that like with with the kind of the, the people talk a lot even though in we we might be a, not be a very religious culture they talk about the protestant work ethic that kind of like hard work and focus and that kind of thing and almost people might not say that they're religious but i think that is hardwired into our culture you know this kind of work harder kind of thing like i i, I was listening to an audio book the other day is um of animal farm and um there's this old there's this old big horse on it and and his answer for everything is i i will work harder and it's almost like that is the answer for everything. I mean, people, they say of, say of like English culture that of, of work culture that we're the hardest working and least efficient people in the world. <laughs> that kind of that success is doing a 15 hour day and going, Oh, I work 15 hours when we probably could have done it in seven if we just kind of got on with it or whatever. And this kind of drive to work harder all the time and do more. And I think it's, was it back in the, in the fifties that there was that feeling of, um, that new technology was going to really release people from work and, and make them able to kind of be, be freer to live, you know? And yet all, all it meant was that people ended up working more. They worked harder. They thought that robots were going to take over. Um, and we're the same. I think there's a point now where it's kind of like you say, you're like the commute's gone. I can work from home. I can, I've cut down all of these kind of other little marginy bits in my day and I should just be able to do my job. But what happens is you don't switch it off because it's always there. 
because it's just it's on it's on this little bit of metal on this little screen that's just tucked beside the sofa so you just think oh it's it's 10 o'clock oh I'd, i'll just quickly look at my emails you know kind of thing the same way that i might go and look at the news that it's kind of like oh like my brain is searching for something to do i'll just check my emails even though you don't need to it's almost like your brain kind of thinks i need that little whatever it is dopamine hit of seeing something new let's look at my emails and so at 10 o'clock at night you fire emails and you go oh i flip i wish i hadn't read that i wish i'd left that until the morning and we we just kind of we do it to ourselves you know like all, all the time there's there's options here but it's when there's a big technological kind of drive forward it seems we just end up working more i'm not up for it i'm really not up for it <laughs> No, I'm with you, but like you say, it whether it's work or whether it's just how connect, and it's you know, it's it's a funny thing that we've had, we're having to learn to manage, isn't it? We, it's great that we're we're more connected than ever, um, but in some ways we're, in some ways not just at the moment we're sort of more distant than ever, and, and I kind of think. You're absolutely right. You know, work-wise, it's re- it's you've got to be really disciplined actually now to, depending on the nature of your work. But you've got to be if you, if your work involves a lot of emailing and all that sort of thing, it's really hard to disconnect yourself from it. And I find that really, fr- you know, people have an expectation now that even if you're on holiday, even if you're away somewhere else, oh, I'm sorry to ask this question. I know you're away in. You know, mm. <laughs> laying on a beach in the Maldives. I've never been to the Maldives, by the way. Well, not but not if, this year, know, anyway. Like... Not this year. <laughs> but, and you get an email saying, "Can you answer this question?" You're like, "Just no." Like, but you've. I think that's one of the new. You know, for those of us who, um, as Christians, you kind of think it's one of the new challenges is that I've I've got to get hold of technology. I've got to I've got to learn to manage it, and not let it, it manage me, because I think it as we know, it's, it's designed in some ways to steal our attention. I think whether it's work that's catching your attention. I mean, I listen to some of the folk around me sometimes and I think that I think just more, I don't, I've got no evidence for this, but the people's sleep patterns today are horrendous. The number of people I hear about who, because they can now leave their phone on all night, just in case, just in case someone's going to, you know, you never used to have to worry about it. You couldn't. You know, just in case someone's going to call or an important text is going to come in. And so that light's going off or even a sound mm. disturbing people's sleep or whatever. And I just think, man, we've got to, you've got to get to grips with that stuff. Cause I, I think, and I personally, I, I, I like technology in terms of it, it obviously brings a lot of positive things to us, but it can be absolutely maddening because mm. it's constantly changing and it's, constantly off you know trying to get your attention in all sorts of ways um and i think it just increases well you, we all know it it's open it opens up so much good to us but it opens up so much that's so so destructive for us um yeah but it's is it uh, there's a guy john mark coma who's a church leader in um over in america uh, where is he he's over kind of west 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 coast Bridge, uh, yeah it's, it's, it's that place that i can't remember the name but there's good coffee um <laughs> and and he talks about and i'm sure others do they talk about parenting their devices um but it's kind of like to, to me i've interpreted that it's kind of like you, your device goes to bed before you do kind of thing that it's kind of like as a if a parent put, puts their child their parent puts their child to bed before they go to bed and in in whatever i mean as a as a parent like i've got young little daughter and um 
yeah, I, I, in no way am I up for Ada staying up past when I'm up. I mean, that's not never going to happen. But also, like, I, I want her to go to bed so that I have time, not, not just for me, but like, you know, that Sarah and I have time to kind of catch up and spend time together. Um, and never, and I think, I think there's something in that in kind of device wise that kind of thinking we, we need time without them, you know, to, to kind of be like, this is, this is important to, to kind of put our devices to bed before we go to bed rather than, oh, we just go to bed and leave them up to kind of to command our attention. And, um, but that's hard because probably in the last couple of months, um, I made a choice to kind of keep my phone outside the bedroom at night. And so I, I plug it in in the in the front room, and I leave it I leave it in there overnight. I have a I have a different alarm clock to to wake me up. Um, and my sleep for the first few weeks, maybe even a month or so, of putting my phone in the other room, my my sleep has been much worse. Like it's almost like, and and I, I appreciate that if you got your phone there, then that is a disruption potentially on your sleep if you've got stuff going off and that kind of thing but it was almost like there was a withdrawal in me that it's kind of like well what if what if something happens you know it's nowhere near me you know like what what if what if what if and not that I was consciously thinking that but I would wake up repeatedly through the night and um because I've got like a I've got a fuddy-duddy alarm clock that doesn't even have a light on it um so it's like well what's the time and what, what's going on now and what but um, these are all things that i trained myself out of because i've never liked looking at the time because i i used to spend ages getting to sleep and i'd look at the time and i'd count down the hours until the morning and all that not quite insomnia but like you know sometimes it got to it got somewhere near it but in moving my phone out of the bedroom at night it it vastly decreased my quality of sleep for a period you know it was literally like a withdrawal um and and I just found that fascinating. Like I didn't really know what to do with it, but like it's it, it showed me that my phone was affecting me in some way. Um, and anything which causes some sort of like withdrawal in that way just makes you think: mm, Is this all good? How far did I let it go? You know. So are there things that you do that? I mean, as so I listen to that, I think. <laughs> I think nowadays they, I heard somebody describe it this way. They said that, you know, that living in the city, like we do, it's like walking through a permanent dictionary. There's always words and things coming at you constantly. And, you know, I was thinking, I was just thinking, as you were saying that about the struggle just to, to rest in the evening, mm. that I think how many of us are just not just at night. Cause you know, if we talk about within our, within our faith, we talk about, you know, having time that's quieter to be alone with God. We talk about practices like, you know, solitude, making a deliberate choice to try and use some of our time to reflect upon what's going on inside of us and so on. But I find the time it takes to try and slow down or quiet, quieten what's going on inside my mind at times, I almost give up sometimes before I start. So I, I set aside time to to be quiet, maybe to, to read a, a bit of scripture and just to reflect on what's going on around me. And if, if I'm, if I'm, if I'm not patient with it and my mind's not quieted within the first five minutes, if that, I feel like, Oh, this I'll give up and move on. Mm-hmm. You know, do you, have you kind of tried things that help you to just slow down enough and quiet, you know, get quiet? Um, I, yes. 
Um, I have, I have. I've, well, I, yeah, because yeah, likewise, that it's kind of you, you can feel a bit skittish sometimes. Like, oh, I should be doing this, I should be doing that. Even if you're trying to quiet yourself, then something will jump into your head and that kind of thing. And therefore, for me, it's been less about trying to clear my mind um, completely, but I've I've tried to not necessarily fill it, but just give it a grounding point. So I know that if I'm working. Um, and my mind starts leaping around going, you need to do this, you need to do that, you need to do this, and kind of getting a bit kind of mixed priorities in that. What what I tend to do is is I'll just stop and I read one of the Psalms. And basically I'm just I'm just working my way through the Psalms. I've got a little book um what they call it, bookmark thing. I've mm. got an actual book, it's an actual book. Um and I I just I read one psalm and then I move the bookmark and the next time if that happens then I go back and read the next psalm and the next one and the next one and just as kind of like a grounding thing, not that I'm necessarily going, oh, God, would you give me these deep nuggets of wisdom and everything else? But it's just like I just need to be grounded in something at this moment. And and likewise, uh, at, at night, um, I I pray. And but but it's it's more oh, I, I hesitate to use the word mantra, but that that kind of uh, familiar words can be a really good grounding point not that they necessarily do lots and lots and there's some sort of like magical moment or whatever but like i i i i say the lord's prayer um and i generally do it when i'm brushing my teeth because it just stops my brain from thinking and tomorrow you need to do this and you need to do that and you need to do that why don't you try and do something like that why don't you try and do a bit now before you go to bed or whatever and i've just found like i need something to hold on to and, and the same when i get up in the morning um I use a, a kind of a, it's, it's like a Celtic spirituality um, app, um, which is just the oh I don't even know what it's called. It's the it's the it's the Book of Common Prayer, um, which is an app developed by Shane Claiborne um, and a few others. But basically, just at the beginning of it, it just has words that just say, "Oh Lord, let my soul rise up to meet you as the day rises to meet the sun," and it says that every day. And it's almost like when I get up, I need those repeat. I don't need them, but I found it really helpful um, and really loved having those repeated words that just ground me in where I am and stop my head firing all over the place. And and in some ways, allow God into my life rather than just letting the first thing I look at my phone or my notifications or Facebook or my emails or the news to get a control on my head first now i don't always succeed particularly when england are playing cricket because when i wake up in the morning and they're playing on the other side of the world i look at sport first and then depending on how england going on that's going to dictate my first kind of mood in the day which is not helpful but I, I don't quite know how to get out of it but i do find those kind of repetitive phrases uh really helpful you should be in a good mood this week they're in a good <laughs> winners yeah I, I know but you've got to ride the roller coaster you know and it's day by day you know? <laughs> I like I like the words you use, Ding, and I think you know that you those things, those kind of practices that you have help you to be grounded. And I, the other kind of for me, I, I always think those kind of little practices, whether it's the regular thing of saying the Lord's Prayer or whether it's going to a Psalm, for me, and I've always found it helpful to do them near the beginning of the day, if not right at the start, because it has a way of but like, I mean, you don't do this nowadays to show how old I am. But when you used to have to tune the radio in, you know, oh, manually mate, or whatever. Come on. Oh, good. <laughs> <laughs> but when you had to tune it, but you kind of think it does that. It has that effect. It's funny. I'm we're trying. I'm trying to think at the moment. Um, I'm not trying to think. I'm this this um, 
book group I joined, which sounds all, I've never done anything like that before, but the guys leading it, um, Dave and Nikki, they just do this fantastic thing where it's a book about culture. It's a book by a guy called Andy Crouch on, on um, uh, culture making. But what, I appreciate that Dave and Nick have done is they've got us thinking every week about how do we affect the culture of the things around us. And they just use this really simple uh, framing for it. They talk about watering and weeding and weaving. So you're always thinking, how can I water the positive things that are going on, whether it's in a, say it's it's in home life, how can I water the, how can I play my part in watering home life so that we flourish as a family what needs weeding out so for me going back into lockdown for me that was I've got to stop this habit staying in my office till 10 at night and I've got to weed that out I've got to I've got to weed out eating five bags and what's it's (laughs) whatever it is try and get rid of some of that stuff and and the weaving is are there any new things that we could be doing so for us as a family we've done this pretty regularly and that is around television, but we've found programs that we all enjoy to watch. So at some point in the day, we'll all come together and be doing the same activity. Now I know television is probably not the best example because you all just sit there watching it, but uh, believe me, you know, we we laugh about it together. We, it might raise a point that we discuss or whatever it is. And <clears throat> this last week, um, Dave and Nikki got us thinking about, well, think about somewhere, some activity that you do. I can't remember exactly the phraseology, but just like, is there somewhere you go? We, you know, we talk about people's front lines. Is there somewhere that you go every day? Could you, could you affect the culture of it? What came to my mind was running in the park, be doing a bit of running in a you know, local, local common and tooting. I thought, well, I can't affect the culture of that. But this little phrasing of, you know, watering, weeding, weaving, I thought, well, hang on a minute, you know, May, maybe it's as simple as watering would be maybe that I, I, I don't know, I just, this is a hard thing to do, but I attempt to maybe run with a smile on my face. You know, that, <laughs> uh, okay, fair enough. Even as I've tried this over the last few weeks, I think there are not many other runners out there, even though there's loads of them out there when you go out. Um, we're in London. Not many people catch your eye or whatever. But those that I do, I try and I try and smile, like, even if I'm feeling in pain or whatever. And when I think about weeding, I'm going into the local park. I try and be conscious to some degree. I don't know. It's a bit of a lame thing in some ways. But if there's a bit of rubbish that I see, I feel like, well, let me see if I can even while I'm running, pick it up, you know, pop it in the next bin or whatever. And the kind of I don't know the weaving thing. I, sometimes and I'm not. I don't manage it every time. But it, it just is that thing of, well, maybe I just pray for the people that I see as I go past them or whatever. And I try and, I try and do that. Mm. And what that, for me, what that little practice, you talk about grounding, what that little practice does is, and what I do, so it's on a bit of paper. I have a little bit of paper on one side of the paper is a picture of a watering can pouring onto plants. And then on the other side, I've written those three words and the little practices that I'm attempting. And I put that little bit of paper in my running shoes so every morning when I come down and pop my running shoes on, every morning, I only go out two or three times <laughs> a week. But every time I pop them on, I take that bit of paper out. and I don't even have to read it now. I just know that as I take it out, it reminds me uh, to be a bit more present when I go running. Mm. You could do that when you go walking, whatever it is. You could do the same thing. You just bit of paper, take those three with it. I'm going walking in my neighborhood. What could I do that's a little bit different? And and it just grounds me. So when I enter into the park, and again, don't get me wrong, I'm, I don't want to pretend I get it right every time, but 
it has the potential to make me a little bit more present. And uh, and sometimes I just feel as I'm running around the park, I get a little prompt and I'm like, ah, oh, just that person for whatever reason, I'm Lord, just pray for them today, whatever's going on for them, just bless their day. I don't know, don't know what it is, you know, just, and it's just made me a little bit more aware of that aspect of my life, if that makes sense. So rather than I just go for a run, it kind of, I don't know, it draws it into just seeing a little bit more life in it. And I just, I think these practices, small though they are, I think sometimes we make them sound as though they're impossible to achieve. But I think these little practices can can really affect kind of how we fight, navigate our way, not just through this lockdown period. They can help with that. But I think as we continue to kind of find our way on into a, a new future these sorts of practices can really help us mm, mm. yeah definitely definitely although i'm a bit concerned about your um your old bit of paper and your shoe doesn't it doesn't it smell pretty bad by now <laughs> i unlike some people in my household my feet are very <laughs> rubbish <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. We'll be having these chats once a week for a couple of months as a bit of an experiment. So if you like what you hear, then why not subscribe? You can find out more about Ballam Baptist Church on our YouTube channel or through Instagram at Ballam Baptist. Baptist.